Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Phil, welcome in. How are you? You know, I am doing great, Justin. How about yourself today? Not too bad. I mean, look, I know with everything going on in the world, I just try to remain positive in the fact that we're talking about live baseball and we're talking about live basketball with the NBA around the corner. Hopefully talking about live college football and NFL uh, here in the near future as well. Now, I'm so impressed with all the legwork that you put into putting this together, but I have to ask, you have touched uh, base with so many programs and so many coaches. What is the vibe, what is the feeling that you get when talking with all these coaches over the last couple months putting this thing together? What's the vibe you get about where they are at mentally, coaches and program-wise, heading into a pandemic-struck season like what we're about to witness here in the coming months? Yeah, that's a great question, Justin. I wondered it myself heading into the coaches' calls, but uh, it got answered early on and answered every single time I talked to a coach. And regardless if the coach was an experienced coach or a first-year head coach, whatever coach they were this year, they're pretty much like, you know what, next man up. Didn't have spring practices this year, no big deal. We had them in for pre-spring. We had them in for conditioning. We'll be ready to go in the season down. Put the ball on the field. We'll play. So I got to tell you, Justin, I got fired up talking to the coaches, uh, <laughs> going through all the teams with them. They were ready to play. They were intense. They they had the players on point, and, and they were preparing for their opponents. So it's pretty much uh, put the ball on the field. These guys are going to be ready to play. We'll take a look at your rankings coming up in a moment, but I just want to take a look at some of the the you know the the faces of each uh, conference right now as we head into this. Uh, obviously, the SEC is where we'll start. That's the conference everyone always seems to gravitate towards right away. Obviously, a lot of national title contenders live in that conference regularly. Uh, and with that being said, that's where the reigning uh, national champion sits in heading into the season. No, not Alabama, but LSU. Alabama's moving on from Tua Tagovailoa. You have LSU who's moving on from Joe Burrow, a Heisman winning quarterback and, of course, national championship winning quarterback and the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. How interesting, and we always know it's going to be interesting, but just how interesting is this going to be as a transition year for the SEC? As, again, Georgia moves on from Fromm, no more Tua at Alabama, uh, Burrow's out at LSU. It's going to be an interesting year in the SEC. Yeah, believe it or not, though, uh, just and I still feel it's the best uh, conference in college football. And uh, you, know, you look at Georgia, for an example. Let's take from departing. They bring in Jamie Newman, mm -hmm. who's a six foot four, two 235-pound quarterback that was having a phenomenal year at Wake Forest last year and had a phenomenal year. Uh, he lost his top two receivers at the end of the year. And the numbers dropped a little bit the final couple games. But he'll remind you Cam Newton a little bit. And he's battling J.T. Daniels, who was a starter at USC. So they're pretty good at that quarterback position. With LSU, I was thinking major drop-off. I mean, they lost 14 NFL draft picks, 20 players the NFL overall. But they've got talent throughout. Much like Alabama reloads every year, I think LSU will reload. Now, they're not going to be the 15-0 LSU of last year that blows teams out in the playoffs and averages basically 50 points per game. But they will be a very good team this year. Alabama... I'm going way out on a limb here, uh, Justin. I'm taking Alabama to win the SEC. How about that? Uh, with, uh, Alabama, they've got the defense is going to be improved. Remember last year I lost an All-American linebacker in Dylan Moses plus another starting linebacker prior to the season. Those guys are back. The two true freshmen that took their place, they're both back. 
to veteran defense. Uh, they have my number one rated offensive line, number two rated running backs, number three rated receivers. The new quarterback, whoever it is, uh, will step in uh, and do well. And if you're looking for a surprise team out of the SEC this year, I'm saying take a look at the Texas A&M Aggies. And with A&M, you're talking about a team that had very few seniors last year, when they played an extremely difficult schedule, and uh, they ended up losing five games. So who did they lose today? They lost a number one ranked Clemson, number one ranked Alabama, number one ranked LSU. Oh, last time somebody played three number one ranked teams in the same season, but also number four Georgia and number eight Auburn. This year, schedule gets a lot softer. It's number 66 in the country. They might only play one top 10 team this year, and as opposed to having a team with very few seniors, they have 17 returning starters this year, including Kellen Mond, a quarterback, a veteran senior. Watch out for A&M. They could be that surprise. They are my number one surprise team or non-top 10 team that I think could make the playoff. Yeah, the SEC, I know a lot of the hate that gets uh, put on the SEC stems from the way Alabama schedules. Alabama doesn't like to play a lot of those big boys, at least in a home-and-away type setting. They like the neutral uh, the neutral setting. But with that being said, you just talked about that schedule. I mean, Georgia's not afraid to play big out-of-conference games, home or away. Look at LSU in the Texas series right now. Uh, and they'll, of course, have another one with Texas coming up this season, uh, hopefully. Um, but the SEC always gets the rap of, oh, they, they schedule light, they schedule easy. That might be Alabama's case, but that's definitely not the case for everyone else who's trying to make sure their resume is on par with everyone else's. Right, and the one advantage Alabama has, they don't have to play themselves every year. <laughs> this year, they do have a schedule that's somewhat difficult to mm-hmm. play LSU on the road. They draw Georgia out of the East, and they draw a vastly improved Tennessee out of the East as well on the road. Of course, they have to play Texas A&M, Auburn, so they do have some games on their schedule this year, a tougher schedule than they had last year. One thing we talk a lot about here is, of course, the SEC versus the Big Ten. And uh, we'll transition to the Big Ten here. But the Big Ten, I always say, is the deepest conference in college football to where the SEC is the best conference in college football. And that irritates a lot of Buckeye fans around here, but that's how I view it. There's so many top 25 programs in the Big Ten, but only one true national title contender. Penn State flirts with it from time to time. What's your view of the Big Ten heading into this year? Again, Justin Fields. Well, has already has a full season under his belt, another full off season. I expect another big year from him. I'm sure a lot of people do. Yeah, and I actually have Ohio State win it all. I thought that last year Ryan Day did a phenomenal job. My expectations for Ohio State last year, I mean, they were breaking in a new quarterback. They had a defense in 2018 that allowed 403 yards per game. I thought they'd be improved, but I didn't think they'd be dominant. Uh, you look at the uh, narrow escapes they had in 2018 almost on a weekly basis. I mean, Maryland missed a two-point conversion in overtime. They got blown out by Purdue. I thought Ohio State was nowhere near the 13-1 record they had in 2018. And then Ryan Day steps in. There's no more narrow escapes. They're just blowouts on a weekly basis. Dominant offense, dominant defense, dominant special teams. And, heck, even in the game they lost in the playoff, it was a game Ohio State probably controlled that game. They had a 28 to 21 first down edge, and had they not settled for so many field goals, they probably would have beaten Clemson, and uh, it was a great first year for Ryan Day. You touched on Justin Fields. He gets three of his offensive linemen turning down the NFL, opting to return in Myers, Davis, and Munford. Uh, the biggest question mark I have is that running back. I mean, you lose a guy like J.K. Dobbins and a master Teague tears his Achilles. They bring in Trey Sermon from Oklahoma, but that still is a question mark in my uh, mind. The defense will be solid. We saw last year the defense uh, was much improved over the previous year. So I think Ohio State clearly is the top team in the Big Ten. If teams are going to challenge them this year, there's two I'll point out. Let's go to the West first. 
Wisconsin. And Wisconsin, not a lot was expected last year. They had very few returning starters. They were picked third in the West. They still ended up winning it. And they led Ohio State 21 to 10 in that Big Ten title game. This year they got 15 returning starters back, nine on defense. I think Wisconsin could be a threat. And then probably the second uh, most talented team in the Big Ten is Penn State. I love the way James Franklin is building this team on a yearly basis. They are deep at every single unit. And last year, they had a young team experience-wise that jumped out to an 8-0 start, number five in the country. Their two losses last year were close ones. Minnesota by five on the road, Ohio State by 11. And when they made that a game in the fourth quarter, this year all eight units rank in my top units in front of the magazine. They go three deep at every position. They've got a veteran senior or veteran junior quarterback in Sean Clifford, deep running backs. They go about six deep at running back, top-notch offensive line. Penn State's probably Ohio State's biggest threat this year, and they get that game at home. Right now, and again with the Big Ten announcing that they're going to a Big Ten-only schedule, do you anticipate with the three non-conference games that they lost, could they replace those three games with uh, with front, out of the West, taking teams out of the West, or do you just see them heading in with the nine games that they have scheduled already in the Big Ten? Uh, I'm good with nine or ten games this year, if that's the case. And uh, if that's the case, uh, all the forecasts in my magazine remain the same because I do not predict overall record of the teams when I'm doing my division forecasts. Mm-hmm. I predict it by conference record. So as long as they're playing a conference schedule, I'm pretty happy there. And I think probably the best way to go is I don't mind a reduced schedule of ten games as long as we're playing football this year, right? That's, that's, I think that's all fans are caring about right now. What about like with for, so for right now with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 announcing conference-only games? Still no word from the ACC, SEC, or Big Twelve. And, and I was sort of looking at you know week one of the college football season if it starts on time. That September fifth date is the real big, the true real big weekend of what was supposed to be all the you know elite Power Five teams playing. Could we see a scenario where some Power Five teams are kicking off weeks before others? Yes, we definitely could this year. Uh, I think we'll probably end up with more of a, a similar path for everybody, like a similar start time, but the possibility would exist. But the good thing is, if, if you do end up with a, the majority of the leagues playing conference only, then every member in the conference would be in the same boat. So that's that's the good thing there. I don't think it'd be an edge for any school, uh, you know, starting earlier than the other ones, uh, because there wouldn't be any non-conference play. Real quick, as we uh, look back at the Big Ten and close the Big Ten conversation out, Michigan, uh, of course, Buckeye fans always are keeping an eye on what they're doing, even though they have that big brother approach right now with uh, really not fearing Michigan. Uh, How much should they fear Michigan this year when that bout comes about? I think Michigan's window was last year. When you look at the fact that uh, Ohio State had a new head coach, new quarterback, and a lot of questions from the previous year, Michigan had Ohio State at home and – Michigan blew it. They didn't get it done. Now they only have five returning starters on offense, six on defense. They've drawn Wisconsin out of the West. They've got to play Penn State. They have to play Ohio State on the road. And I think talent-wise, if you go position by position down the line, uh, Michigan is not as good as Ohio State. Ohio State gets that game at home. So uh, I've got Michigan coming in third in the East. I don't think they're really a challenger. I think if Ohio State's got a threat in the East this year, it's Penn State. 
All right, Phil Steele with us. We have the 2020 College Football Preview Magazine out, and he's helping us preview uh, his team-by-team breakdowns now. Uh, and we'll move over to the ACC now, and this is a conference that, you know, outside of Clemson, it could be very boring to a lot of people, but I actually find this conference very interesting, especially with the news coming out that uh, Notre Dame has put out a proposal, that, or a proposal is out that Notre Dame could potentially be fighting for an ACC championship coming up this season. That would obviously be Clemson's big threat in that conference at this point. What other teams are coming up or that are, are, are building up right now that you're keeping an eye on in the ACC? You know, I'll tell you what, the ACC is the most improved conference in college football. If you'll go back and, and look at last year, uh, Justin, the, the ACC was Clemson, a Grand Canyon, and then you, you can't even come up with the second best team in the ACC. <laughs> there really wasn't one last year. But it's a completely different ball game this year. I think the Coastal Division is the most improved in conference football. Uh, you start with North Carolina. Mac Brown took over the number 105 most experienced team in the country. Uh, he had a true freshman quarterback in Sam Howell. They, they managed to get the seven wins. But this year, they're my number 30 most experienced team in the country. 17 returning starters. Sam Howell, one of the best in the country. Michael Carter, Javante Williams, uh, top-notch tailbacks. Daz Newsome, De'Ami Brown, Bo Corral is all back. Very good North Carolina. Miami of Florida went out. They had a, a weakness last year at quarterback. Well, they corrected that. De'Eric King comes in from Houston. I think that's a big-time addition. He's one of the better QBs in the country. Position solved. And defensively, they had Gregory Rousseau back as a redshirt freshman uh, who had 15 and a half sacks last year at defensive end. They had in Quincy Rocher, who led Temple with 13 sacks last year. was the American Conference Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, they're going to be pretty good on defense. I think they're a threat. And then Virginia Tech. Uh, BT got a lot better offensively last year when they put Hendon Hooker in a QB. Uh, and they won uh, seven of the last, or six of their last eight games. Hooker's back at QB this year. The defense has ten returning starters. They're number five on my experience starting a legitimate threat. And then how about Pitt? Pitt had three players in defensive end Patrick Jones, nose tackle Jalen Twyman and strong safety Paris Ford, all turned down the NFL. They lost their top defensive end heading into the season, Rashad Weaver, to injury. They were top defensive tackle, Kashawn Camp, to injury. Those guys are back. All three turned down the NFL. They're going to have a nasty defense. I think the ACC is the most improved conference in college football. However, I will say that uh, Clemson is my pick to win the ACC. Even with Notre Dame being thrown in the mix? Yeah, you know, Notre Dame gets that Clemson game at home. So if it turns into a conference game, that could make it pretty doggone interesting. Absolutely, and I think that's the one thing uh, that Clemson really needs right now is that marquee matchup because a lot of people last year, I mean, they only beat North Carolina by one, and you would have thought that they got blown out by North Carolina. Buckeye fans were literally losing their minds, and I'm like, listen, I mean, they, they held on to get a huge win, but that schedule didn't really help them, but obviously the committee gave them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, a win over Notre Dame would definitely give them that advantage this year that they didn't have last year. Looking over at the Big 12, of course, uh, the job Lincoln Riley has done, very similar to Ryan Day, to young coaches taking over for legendary head coaches with their respective programs and it's been about as a seamless transition as you can imagine uh, multiple Heisman winning quarterbacks so many playoff appearances but the problem has been not the regular season not the talent but it's been once you get to the playoffs how good's Oklahoma how big of a deal how, how big of a threat is Texas going to be this year what's the Big 12 looking like I think it, it probably is a, a three team race at the end of the season you do have to include Texas and uh, Texas Last year, despite all the preseason hype, only had eight returning starters, five on offense, three on defense, and then they got hit hard by injuries. 
Well, this year they've got 16 returning starters, nine starters back on defense, plus a lot of players that earned starts last year due to the injury. So this is a veteran Oklahoma or Texas team, one that's played Oklahoma within a touchdown each of the last six years, won two of those games, so they could easily break through, win the Big 12, and become a surprise uh, playoff contender. In fact, I've got Texas, my number four surprise team in the country. Oklahoma State, you know, everybody looks at quarterback, running back, receiver. And if you do that with Oklahoma State, look out. Spencer Sanders was a highly touted quarterback and as a redshirt freshman had a solid first year. Got injured at the end of the year and Oklahoma State's offense dropped off a little without him. But Chuba Hubbard turned down the NFL, opted to return after rushing for a couple thousand yards last year. Tylen Wallace turned down the NFL, a wide receiver, and opted to return. So they're pretty good at that area in the skill positions. And defensively, they got 10 starters back. So I think Oklahoma State does deserve to be in the threat category. But Oklahoma has a chance to win a playoff game. And I'm going to say it's defense. They've, this is the first time they have a top 20 defense under Lincoln Riley. They've been known for offense and lack of defense. But Ronnie Perkins at defensive end, uh, Caleb Kelly, Brenda Rigby, Hiles at uh, linebacker, Trey Brown at corner. They've got players on defense which could surprise. And if they have a top 20 defense, look out. Well, you know Lincoln Riley's going to produce a quarterback, and he's got a good one. And Spencer Radler is my number one rated quarterback coming out of high school. Uh, as a true frost last year, uh, he uh, got his feet wet. Now he's got experience, and it's his second year in the Lincoln Riley system. He's playing behind my number two ranked offensive line in the entire country. Uh, ben Baugh, their offensive line coach, does a great job with them. They've got some dangerous receivers like Rambo and a deep running back core. So I think Oklahoma's got a shot at winning a playoff game this year uh, should they get in for the fourth straight year. All right, last but not least, we have the Pac-12, USC. A lot of eyes on them. What's the Pac-12 looking like, and do they have a playoff contender in your eyes? You know, I think it's going to be tougher for the Pac-12 to make the playoff this year because they're playing conference only. So uh, a lot of people around the country want to see the Pac-12 perform and win some big non-conference games. They're not going to have that opportunity this year, and they did have some opportunity. I mean, Oregon was hosting uh, Ohio State. Washington was hosting Michigan. USC was playing Notre Dame and Alabama. So the opportunities existed. We're only going to see them in conference play. But there's two teams that, to me, really stand out talent-wise above everybody else, and that would be the Oregon Ducks and USC. Now, Oregon's got question marks. They lose four starters off the offensive line, which is one of the best offensive lines in college football last year. And they lose their first-round draft pick, uh, Justin Herbert, at the quarterback spot. But I do like the replacements there. And one thing Cristobal's done a great job of is getting his defense built. He's got physicality. They have my number six-rated D-line, number 13-rated linebackers, number one DBs. You don't equate Oregon and defense, but you will after this year because they have a top-notch defense. And then the other team I'm going to throw out is one that a lot of people discount because of the way they finished the last couple years, but it's the USC Trojans. And when you look at USC, you know, I go back to a couple of their losses last year. Their first two were both road losses in first road starts by backup quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And then they also lost to Notre Dame by three. But this year, USC has got talent throughout. They've got 17 returning starters. Last year, they had a banged-up defense, a banged-up offensive line. Uh, they, they were down to their fourth-string running back starting games at times. They really suffered through a myriad of injuries. All those injuries give them so many players with starting experience. They have so many what I call VHTs are very highly touted players. Keaton Slovis could be one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Starting to a star-studded receiving core with Amron St. Brown, Tyler Vaughn's a deep set of running backs, top-notch offensive line. 
Watch out for USC. They could surprise in not having to play Alabama and not having to play Notre Dame. Could keep them a little bit healthier this year and uh, increase that win total. All right. Well, we threw a lot at you this afternoon. We appreciate everyone tuning in and hanging out with us here. We have Phil Steele, 2020 College Football Preview Magazine is out. And as you can hear, I think he knows a thing or two, uh, not just about one or two teams, but about a lot of them. Phil, send us out with this. Your college football playoff four will be who? I'm going way out of the box here, Justin. I'm going to take uh, Alabama out of the SEC. How about Ohio State out of the Big Ten? Clemson out of the ACC and Oklahoma out of the Big 12. Justin, we didn't even talk Cincinnati, and here we are in Dayton for crying out loud. <laughs> well, send us out with Cincinnati. Luke Fickle obviously uh, did not take the Michigan State job where Mel Tucker ultimately took the job, and a lot of Cincinnati fans who are really excited, the most talented team that he has had since being there. We've seen what he's been able to do in the past. I know a lot of Bearcat fans are super pumped about the job he's done. Yeah, as well they should be. And, you know, last year I went out on a limb with Cincinnati. I actually picked them to finish ahead of UCF in their division and make it to the AAC title game. And Coach Fickle got them there. And I love the job he's doing with this team. And how about the defense this year? They not only have nine starters back on defense, they had in James Wiggins, who is arguably the best defensive player prior to last year, that missed the entire year with injury. So that's going to be a top-notch D. They got Desmond Ritter at the quarterback spot, a veteran offensive line, uh, I, I rated the American Conference last year, Justin, as the fifth best conference in college football ahead of the ACC. And uh, I think when you look at this conference, you've got three teams that are premier right at the top, UCF, Memphis, and Cincinnati. And then you've got teams, SMU, Navy, both had big years last year. Tulane, it is a great conference, and Cincinnati is clearly one of the top teams in that conference. Well, it's definitely going to be a fun season, and uh, we're hoping there will be. And I think there will be. I just think it's going to look different. But, hey, look at how baseball looks and the NBA looks right now. The NFL, everything's going to look different. But I don't think fans care right now. They just want their football, and I'm one of those as well. Phil Steele, the 2020 College Football Preview Magazine is out. Phil, for those who have never purchased the magazine or come across the magazine, what can they expect? Well, i tell you what, Justin, and it's like getting 130 different media guides rolled into one, <laughs> except it's even better because all the information – is in the same spot on every page. And we give you the same amount of coverage on a team like Ohio U or Central Michigan that we do in Alabama and Oklahoma. And everything is in the same spot. Quick, easy reference. It's even quicker to use than the Internet. Uh, you won't find any magazine with this amount of information, about four times the amount of information, and most accurate over the last 22 years. Now, the one thing that did change this year, Justin, we used to put them out everywhere. There used to be a couple hundred thousand magazines out there. This year we only printed 50,000, and there's only two places you can get it, Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. They're exclusive retailers this year. Don't go anywhere else. You won't find it. Barnes & Noble, Books A Million are the only two places if you're out and about. Stop in there and get them while they still got them. It's a limited quantity. Or head over to philsteel.com. That's S-T. E-E-L-E.com. Thank you so much, Phil Steele, for your time. Much appreciated. Justin, always great talking football with you, my friend. A lot of fun today.